Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, we say it all the time, the run sets up the pass, but it can't be Kyler Murray always running the ball. No, Chase Edmonds and James Conner, they have to carry that responsibility literally and figuratively. Time to do a deep dive on the running back position, maybe another one of those positions that gets added to ahead of or during training camp. First, though, Larry Fitzgerald is not one to talk, at least not on this subject. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 439, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Totally forgot to mention this during our last show, and maybe it's because it was overshadowed by Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Shout out to the Suns, by the way. The match, Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson against Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau. Larry Fitzgerald, part of the broadcast, and it wasn't what he had to offer to the show. And I, I full disclosure, I didn't, I didn't watch all of it. Again, I was, I was kind of more paid attention to Suns, Milwaukee Bucks, as were a lot of people. But how about this little nugget from Fitz? Of course, everyone wants to know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Is he going to report? Is he going to play for the Packers? Fitz chimed in, quote. Aaron, everybody is on their toes. They want to know, man. They want to know. End quote. Fitz, we're asking you the same question. <laughs> how, how do you get off asking someone else about their future when you won't even address your own future? It, you and I talked about this uh, after it happened, and I, I was hoping that Aaron Rodgers would say, hey, Larry, you're a free agent. Do you want to come to Green Bay? Now he probably didn't want to let everyone know he's going there. But of all people, Larry Fitzgerald. I literally, I was waiting for whether it was Rodgers or Brady or someone else. Charles Barkley was on the broadcast. Someone else go, turn it on, Fitz. Go, well, what about you? Will you join me in Green Bay? Will you join me in Denver and Tampa Bay? And, of course, you know, open up all kinds of doors for the rest of that day, (laughs) evening, and the days to come. But, yeah, it was was fast. Now, I'll give him credit. He did, he did add to what we all want to know so he is aware it was just it just kind of was funny for me that <laughs> really i mean come on well he, you know they had they had uh it's it's a foundation for my brother's keeper and it's former president obama and larry got a chance to talk to him and larry's like are you gonna maybe participate next year and he's like ah, i don't want to become a meme <laughs> and for those that don't know this larry got a chance to golf with President Obama, and he had a hole-in-one. Yes. And at the time, I can't remember, wasn't there some, because this was when Obama was in office, and he couldn't have his cell phone or didn't have his cell phone. He had to borrow someone's cell phone because they didn't want, you know, pictures getting out and all that stuff. A lot of Secret you know, service. High, yeah, high security. But, uh, yeah, that <laughs> Fitz not only golfs with the president but gets a hole-in-one and upstages the president. Yeah, Fitz, you know what? Fitz always makes it about himself, doesn't he? He's always making it about himself. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't brought up that he actually missed game one. Yeah, well... <laughs> Maybe that's for another topic, another show. But uh, yeah, Fitz was in Montana. He's not Casper, or he can just push a button. Well, I'm sure he can get on a plane real quick. But he did miss Game One. He's excited about Game 
You see, you said about the rest of the series. I mean, this That's is true. you know he look this that that the match was scheduled well in advance and just just things happened and it forced Fitz not to be there for game one. But uh, we can blame the Milwaukee Bucks on that. They're the ones that cut the Eastern Conference Finals to six games. If it had gone seven, Fitz would not have missed game one. But uh, again, it's. We, 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 we dig when we can here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, bottom line is, MJ, he's never going to be on this show. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think a lot of Cardinal fans are thinking after the, you know, the Suns um, hopefully win the uh, NBA championship that Larry's just going to show up like the day of camp. <laughs> I don't see that happening. I well, could be wrong, but I, I just don't see that happening. Like, and does he have to make a decision? Um you know he can file his retirement papers, or he can decide to come back. The, the, the door is open here, but I, I just don't know when we're going to get a decision. And really, at the end of the day, besides playing for a ring, what else does he have to accomplish in his career? Yeah, we may or may not get an answer from one Larry Fitzgerald. We hope to get an answer about the running back situation. Nice transition here as I pat myself on the back. (laughs) The question with regards to this position as we continue our position group analysis here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. When you talk about the running back position, it's can Chase Edmonds be an every down back in the National Football League? Cliff Kingsbury back on March 4th. Quote, we have all the confidence in the world in Chase and him being able to be the bell cow if that's how this plays out. End quote. Steve Kime, March 22nd. Chase has shown the ability to be an excellent back in this league with his quickness and run style. End quote. Chase Edmonds certainly is himself ready for this opportunity. I think it was telling that it was not a position that was addressed in free agency with respects to finding a number one bell cow, if you will. Yes, James Conner was added. We'll get to him in a moment. But the Cardinals, that was a late addition. And a running back, MJ, was not added in the draft. So I do I do think that speaks to what they think of Chase Edmonds and his ability to be that guy, not just a couple of starts, but maybe be a 17-game starter in 2021. He has definitely flashed. Um, you look back, he came from Fordham. Um, you know, he's 5'9", 210, 25 years old. But he flashed when he got the opportunities. I mean, unfortunately, they can't play all their games in New York or New Jersey because I want to say he had three or four touchdowns. And all those touchdowns came plus 20. Yes. And a lot of them were right up the middle. And that's the difference between him and Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake was kind of getting the David Johnson thing where he's kind of dancing. you got to hit the hole. If the hole's there, just get through it. And we know this team is going to focus on winning at the line of scrimmage. There's going to be a commitment to the running game. And he's also good in pass protection. Um, you know, he's a guy that was third in, in receptions last year on the offense. And so, you know, he can catch the ball in the backfield. There's just two different backs. You look at Connor, 6'1", 233. Now, he's a, back in 2018 – he, he put up big numbers. And, you know, same running backs coach in James Saxon. So they're, they're excited about him. And, you know, it would have been interesting if Zayvon Collins wasn't on the board. I don't know if they would have taken Nigel Harris there. I would take him later in the round, probably exactly where he went into Pittsburgh. But anyways, that didn't happen, so that's water on the bridge. But the fact that they brought it, I think they got a good one-two punch. And we'll get it into some of the other guys there. But I, I don't think he's going to get the ball 25 times a game. Uh, 25 touches. I could see like 15 to 18 
maybe carries, and then maybe four to five targets. And the whole idea is for this team to try to play with a lead in the in the second half. And if you're in the fourth quarter, let's say eight or nine minutes on the clock, and you got a two-possession lead, like you're up by ten points, that's where James Conner's going to come in. And we know the Cardinals, if Kyler Murray's not under center, you know they had difficulty getting that third and two, fourth and one. And James Connors should be that guy. So I think down in distance. Now, you know, Chase could start the game. Uh, they We could see both backs in the, in the backfield. That would be a different wrinkle. But maybe every third possession you give Connor a chance. Because, again, can Chase hold – can he hold up the entire season? That's the question based on 5'9", 210 pounds. And when given the opportunity, when told he is the guy or starter or given double-digit carries, it happened twice last season. He started two games, one including a contest against the Dolphins in Week 9. Kenyon Drake out injured, and Edmonds played very well. 25 carries, 70 yards. Now, his only other double-digit carry game was against the Eagles in Week 15. He rushed 11 times for 47 yards. So there is an unknown factor with Chase Edmonds. I know he's confident in his own ability. I would not expect anything less. The question that people have is because of his is how, how you know how tall he is, how big he is. Can he withstand the hits? But I'd also argue that in the NFL, there aren't many running backs around the league that are 25, 30 carry backs and carry the load for their team. It's a lot of you know running back by committee or whoever is hot that particular week gets the bulk of the carries. And I think that's what you'll see with the Cardinals here this season. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, Cardinals are going to face it in week one with Derrick Henry and then week two, Delvin Cook. You know, eventually they'll have to face uh, Aaron Jones from the Packers. But I, I agree with you, and that's just a trend right now. And, you know, as we talk about the running back position, and I always think if you can get 30 rushes a game, that means you're able to at least pick up some some first downs. Uh, and the Cardinals did a better job in the red zone last year with getting uh, touchdowns versus field goals. They had 22 touchdowns. So, um, again, it's never going to be balanced, but, you know, like I said, I I think, you know, 15 to 17 rushes and then, you know, target it four or five times. So it's not like he's going to carry it 25 times. We're talking about touches. That means receptions and rushing. And that's what Edmonds pointed out to Kyle Odegaard on easycardinals.com this offseason. Quote, I may not be your typical 20-carry guy. Not every running back is a 20-carry guy. But I believe if I have 20 touches in a game, I can make some special things happen. End quote. You brought up his catches last season, third most on the team, 53 on 67 targets for 402 yards and four touchdowns. That is, I think, where we're going to see maybe when you look at snap counts, how many times do we see Chase Edmonds in the backfield versus how many times do we see him split out as a wide receiver, whether that's outside or inside or, or you know, I think he can be able to do both just depending on what package they are utilizing that particular uh, play or that particular series because that is the one difference that Edmonds that skill set that Edmonds has that James Conner sure he can do it but it's not kind of what he's known for you give him the football let him run between the tackles but I do think Chase Edmonds I don't know if he'll have more success catching the football versus running the football but it is something that the Cardinals wanted to make sure that they had at least one in, one running back that was capable of doing both yeah and, and I also look at you know a guy like Jonathan Ward and we'll get into him because you know I don't know how many running backs are going to keep but he's a guy that played on special teams he actually scored a touchdown last year so I don't know 
if he's going to be there. But two guys we got to mention, Kyler Murray, and we know that he prefers to throw the ball, but he's still a weapon when they run the RPO, the pistol, and the zone read. And then I, I, I'm very intrigued with Rondell Moore. Now, are they going to sit back? Is Kyler going to sit there and hand the ball off to him? I think it's more jet sweeps, bubble screens, get him in the slot, get him in the open field. And you know how I feel about this, Craig. I think those are extended run plays. High percentage, you're not going to turn the ball over unless the exchange isn't there. And we saw Christian Kirk try to do that and Andy Isabella. And the way Kingsbury's offense works, you can get in space and a guy like Rondell Moore. So we know who the one-two punch is. You throw in a luxury in Murray. But Rondell Moore, to me, and again, it's not that the fact that he's taking the ball under center it's more what he can do in the open field that's the wrinkle here with this offense is the dynamic skill set of a Rondell Moore Kingsbury brought up Moore's ability to be lined up in the backfield perhaps as a running back or to your point that quick bubble screen or just a a screen to the outside and then let him do what he does best out in space, make that first defender miss, make that second defender miss, and all of a sudden what is supposed to be a short gain becomes 10, 12, 15 yards downfield. And I am curious to see how many different ways they line up Rondell Moore because that is something that you have to factor in, and it's much like when we look at the Cardinals' running numbers from the past two seasons. You have to account for Kyler Murray's efforts in that. The Cardinals have been very, very good running the football as a unit as far as yards per carry, yards per game each of the past two seasons, and a lot of that is because of Kyler Murray. You just don't, when we talk about the running back position, we can't start with Kyler Murray and finish with Kyler Murray. It has to be, to use your word, a luxury that is part of this offense. So more of Chase Edmonds, more of James Conner, and less of Kyler Murray within the flow of the offense. Don't force it unless Kyler's calling his own number. Yeah, I'm looking at the rushing attempts last year. Baltimore was number one at 35. Tennessee, 32. New England, 32. New Orleans, 31, Cleveland, 30, and the Cardinals were seventh overall at 29.9. Again, I like that barometer. Now, let's look at Kyler Murray's numbers over the last couple years. First year, 93 carries, 544 yards, averaged 4.8 yards per carry, um, um, 27 first downs. Last year, 133 carries, 892 yards per carry was 5.2. Um, had 52 first downs. Now, if you want to go back and just look at the totality of the rushing, he's rushed for 1,136 yards. 227 is really when he's been hit. So he avoids contact. So I know this is this, this theory out there, and it's true that he hasn't been able to stay healthy late in the year, hamstring, shoulder. I think he does a really good job protecting his body. But he's really not getting hit at the line of scrimmage, and he's done a much better job, you know, using the uh, the sidelines to get a first down. He'll put the ball out to make sure he's got the first down. So, again, I still want him to be a dual threat, but it has to be a luxury. Yeah, you don't want him to be the focal point of your running attack. You want that to be Chase Edmonds, James Conner, and Edmonds himself would hope that it's him because I'll go back to that interview that Kyle had with Edmonds in the offseason, and it's a very confident Chase Edmonds talking about how long he's had to wait to be the guy, backing up a David Johnson, backing up a Kenyon Drake, and now, quote, 
I've finally got my opportunity really and truly in front of me to have a pretty big role in this offense. I'm ready to run through a damn wall. I'm really ready to prove myself right. People don't understand how bad. I get what people are saying, but I really couldn't care less. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to ball out this year. End quotes. That is a very confident young man and someone that is, I think, to be honest, is just tired of waiting. And he understands why he was waiting. But based off what was not done this offseason, not drafting a running back, no going out and getting a top flight running back at the start of free agency, Edmund sees the writing on the wall and says, you know what, this is my opportunity. It's a contract year. I'm going to give everything I've got because I do believe that Edmonds can be a very successful player in this league as far as running the football and catching the football out of the backfield. He's a weapon, and I thought last year he was one of the top three players on offense. I mean, you take out Murray, you know, you look at uh, Chase Edmonds, you look at DeAndre Hopkins, and maybe we can make the case for Dan Arnold. Uh, that's how, when you start looking at the pecking order, obviously Larry's missed games, and then Christian Kirk and Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson, so... I just like the fact that he knows this is his opportunity. I mean, they moved on from David Johnson. They moved on from Kenyon Drake. He's been the guy that's backed those guys up. He's been he's been chomping at the bit to get this opportunity, and so he's going to relish it. But like I said, if you just keep you if you don't try to put him twenty five touches a game, and that's not going to be the case. I think he can be very effective, and you know, we'll look at his numbers in the first half of the season versus second half. But the whole idea is to win at the line of scrimmage and open up holes for him because he has the ability to get to the second layer. And you take a five yard run, and now it's a fifteen yard run. NFL Network's Maurice Jones-Drew did a ranking of all the 32 running backs looking at each team's number one running back. And Edmonds didn't rank very high, but I would expect I wouldn't expect him to rank very high just because he hasn't done it. He hasn't been that guy. But this is what Jones-Drew wrote, quote, I think Edmonds is going to be the guy. He's going to have to show he's durable and explosive enough to hold the RB1 spot. I haven't seen him do that just yet but I believe he can, end quote. Steve Kahn believes Edmonds can. Cliff Kingsbury believes Edmonds can. And we know, obviously, Edmonds believes he can as well. But until he shows it, MJ, there's always going to be that question, and there are going to be questions asked about Chase Edmonds. It's going to happen in training camp. It's going to happen in preseason, the early part of the regular season. Edmonds, I think, understands those questions, maybe doesn't appreciate them or like to answer those questions because it's always asked. But you have to do it to get rid of those questions being asked of you on a weekly basis. A couple things come up. First of all, you got to stay healthy because if he is going to get more of a load, whether it's 17 to 20 touches, whatever the number is, and then guys in the locker room believe in him. They know when he's been given the opportunity. And that offensive line, they prefer guys that's going to hit the hole, not guys that are going to dance. So his running style will fit what they want to do. And as B-Train always points out, Bertram Berry, Guys like to push the line versus have to go in pass protection. So uh, he's got the respect in the locker room. I think people are just waiting to see what he can do. Um, I know he's excited about the season, and you know, I guess he'll have to wait. You don't want to, you know, put the cart before the horse. But I would think he's a guy that they would like to extend based on how he looks. I mean, he's going to be a free agent. We know that. You know, um, he's probably going to look. I, I always make the reference and comp to Tariq Cohen. Uh, Tariq Cohen was on IR last year. We'll see the Bears, how, how, what he is able to do. 
And Edmonds got an opportunity last year to return kicks, and so that got him more um, opportunities with snaps. We know he plays on special teams, but if if he shows the upside that the organization is looking for, it wouldn't surprise me if they try to extend him. Now, again, we need to let this play out. Maybe it doesn't happen until um, you know during the season, but I, I really think that if they if they're thinking about extending him, and that was the conversation going into last year, um, now that the opportunities here. Um, I, I would think that it makes sense for both parties. Bird Gang, if you want to see if Chase Edmonds can be that RB1 this season, you can. Single and season tickets are available. Go to azcardinals.com slash gameticks, azcardinals.com slash gametix. Also a reminder, the ticket plans, Protect the Nest ticket plans available, the red plan and white plan. You can go to azcardinals.com slash tickets or call the Cardinals ticket sales office at 602-379-0102. As we continue here talking about the running back position Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals Edmonds doesn't have to do it by himself and he knows that in fact he's anxious and eager to work with a James Connor the Cardinals signed Connor middle of the free agency period I was closer to the draft and one of those questions that we asked well they haven't addressed running back yet will they wait until the draft or wait until after the draft they addressed it before the draft signing James Connor Quote, I just felt right place, right time. I feel brand new. Connor's words when he was introduced to the media here over Zoom, and it is something brand new for him, MJ. Eight years in Pittsburgh, first four in college, and then the last four with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You already brought up his relationship with running backs coach James Saxon, so that certainly helps, and Connor did have his best year. 2018 was a pro bowler when Saxon was the running backs coach, so we know he can do it, but much like Edmonds, the question with James Connor is, can you sustain it over a period of time Connor has never had a full 16 game season there have been various injuries quad shoulder ankle this past offseason and went toe surgery he says he's fine but I do like this pairing of Edmonds and James Connor just because they offer two different things for this offense as far as maybe the speed shiftiness of an Edmonds and then the bruiser between the tackles James Connor if we were having a conversation that James Conner was number one, then I, I would have some, some concern just because of, of the injury bug. But when you look at him, he's not going to get the ball 25 times a game. I mean, again, if this team can get a lead, I like his size, 6'1", 233. He's a big back. And so hopefully when the Cardinals are in the short yard of situations that he'll be the guy. Now, obviously, it's not like Edmonds or Kyler Murray couldn't pick up a first down, but you know, he's on a one-year deal. Obviously, he wants to prove himself. Um, it's a great story. He's, you know, I, another guy that hit the reset button. I mean, he's he played at the University of Pittsburgh. He played for the Steelers, and now he's in the West Coast. And, again, when it comes to the body, he doesn't have to worry about that cold weather and that the field at Heinz Field and all that other stuff. But, you know, he's he's playing for a contract. And so more, more power to him, put up numbers, and, again, see what you're worth. But I, if he was the top running back, I would have some concerns – I like the fact that they're going with the one-two punch. You know what you're getting with James Conner, and I like what Saxon had to say this offseason on the Big Red Rage, asked about Conner, quotes, he's a downhill runner, there's no BS. Plain and simple, if you need a yard or two or three or you're at the goal line, James Conner most likely is going to be that running back behind or next to Kyler Murray. Not saying Chase Edmonds can't do it, 
I think he can. But when you have two options, MJ, it's it's simple. What are you going to do? Where do you feel your most confident and comfortable as far as gaining that first down or getting that touchdown? Is it Chase Edmonds or James Conner? Maybe it depends on how those players are doing, performing that particular Sunday. But I do think it's going to be Chase Edmonds, depending on, you know, I think Edmonds will get the start. And I know we focus a lot on starts, but it's just one snap. So if the Cardinals are starting inside the 10-yard line for whatever reason because of a long return or a takeaway, uh, maybe Edmonds doesn't get the start. Maybe it is James Conner. But I do think there will be a natural separation that we'll be able to tell when it's time to run Chase Edmonds and when it's time to run James Conner. And I do think there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of change in philosophy of what they want to do this year, and and obviously with the promotion of uh, Sean Coogler being the uh, you know the run game coordinator, he was always you know in 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 the game plan along with James Sexton and also Steve Hyden and now Sean Jefferson, but they want to run the ball, and that's one of his go tos: is zone read downhill. So that's the way they like to block. We know that this team can is capable of blocking. Um, they over the last two years they've been one of the better running teams. Yes, it hasn't looked like you know it did maybe the first or two years ago, uh, late in the season last year. But they're going to want to run the football, utilize play action. And when you get a guy like James Conner in short yardage situations, I mean he may have more touchdowns than Edmonds on, in the red zone. Now Kyler Murray obviously you know he had uh, eleven last year. Correct. Kenyon Drake had 10, and yes. Chase Edmonds had one. So the numbers can fluctuate. I know that's probably more for fantasy. But he fits the profile of what they want to do when this team can run downhill. And not saying that Chase can't do it, because Chase, I think based on his size, sometimes these linebackers can't see him. And that's why if they all those 20-yard runs, um, he got four touchdowns of 20-plus. One was a 29-yard run. He just runs right up the middle, and we know the easier way to get to the end zone is north and south. The interesting aspect about those two players is how many times we see them on the field at the same time. I, I, I know there were a handful of times in which we did see Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds together on the football field. I just... I think we might see two running backs on the football field a lot more. I don't know if they'll both be in the backfield. I do think Edmonds has that capability of catching the ball, and it might just depend if, you know, how is Christian Kirk performing? How is Rondell Moore picking up the offense? What about Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson, if you need a Chase Edmonds or just that different look to a defense where you have a running back in the backfield and then they motion out or they once the ball is snapped then all of a sudden they become the safety valve as opposed to the tight end or in addition to the tight end then you can have Kyler Murray look over the middle and dump it off to Edmonds and let him do what he does best yeah it'd be curious because you know you look at James Conner he wasn't targeted a ton over the last three years and that's just the offense Ben Roethlisberger is known to push the ball down the field they throw to their tight ends a ton um, but he was in there, you know, getting his nose dirty, you know, trying to get, uh, you know, yards after a contact. But I, I just think Rondell Moore, I mean, I could see Rondell Moore and Chase Edmonds on the field together. I can see James Conner and Rondell Moore because you want to get your playmakers out there. And I'm just intrigued with Rondell Moore. I, I, th- I think, I don't know if he's a Swiss Army knife. I know he can return kicks and punts, and that's where he's going to get his feet wet. He'll get comfortable and confident there. Hopefully he can find a sliver and take one off to the races. But just his skill set, they can do so many different things in this offense. So, um, But, again, uh, and Jonathan Ward's more of a 
special teams player, and you can have enough have enough of those guys. Um, you know, obviously, he's I think he'll be third on the depth chart, but they really like his upside. I think he he's getting better in pass protection, where you are the safety uh, net for the quarterback to get hit. Hopefully, they're not in that situation. Um, but I just think Chase overall skill set gives them more on the offense from catching the ball in the open field. He can make guys miss. Connor's a little bit different. He's again more of a runner, but if teams want to load the box and you got two running backs back there, you throw the ball in the flat to him, he's going to get yards after a catch. Yeah, no question who number one, number two are or two and one. I mean, I think sometimes they can be interchangeable, but as far as depth chart is concerned, the top two are solidified. The question is what happens after Edmonds and Connor? We'll get into that here momentarily, but I do need to remind you, Bird Gang, if you haven't already, I strongly recommend Episode 3, Season 4 of Cardinals Flight Plan. It is available as we speak on the Cardinals official YouTube channel, youtube.com slash azcardinals. You can catch up on all episodes, not only of Season 3, but past, or excuse me, Season 4, but past episodes as well. Episode number 3, Winning Recipe, is up and available right now again it's youtube.com slash az cardinals hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode of cardinals flight plan really an inside look at the offseason going back to free agency the draft and then of course offseason workouts otas and mini camp and that will continue as well into training camp cardinals flight plan always fun to watch we continue here on cardinals cover two presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals looking at the running back position who else is on this roster? you got a couple of guys who were on the roster a year ago. Kalfani Muhammad and Jonathan Ward along with Eno Benjamin. Now Benjamin inactive for all 16 games last season. The Cardinals 2020 seventh round draft pick. Muhammad spent about a month on the practice squad. The Cardinals liked enough of him to sign him to a futures contract. And then Ward saw action in 14 games. But to your point, MJ, mainly on special teams. So he has the eye of Jeff Rogers. Only played four offensive snaps, and one of those was at the Rams in Week 17. Probably will go down as an answer to a trivia question. Chris Strebler's first career touchdown toss went to Jonathan Ward, Week 17, with a playoff berth on the line. Certainly probably not what any Cardinal fan wanted to see or remember long-term when you're talking about that game. But those are three names. Also new to the roster, Tavian Feaster, Six feet, 221 pounds, signed with the Jaguars as an undrafted rookie free agent a year ago and spent some time with the Lions and Giants on their practice squad. So four additional running backs on the roster that will be looking for playing time. But to your point, I do think Ward, if you're going order one through six, Ward would be number three, at least in my opinion. We've talked about you know the Cardinals still looking to get a pass catching tight end. I think they like their their blockers and Max Williams and Darrell Daniels, and they got a couple undrafted free agents here. One's really a good blocker, and one can catch the ball. And of course, we can't forget about our guy Bernhard Bernhard Psychovitz. Psycho Psycho. Anyways, I think running back could also be on the radar. Are they comfortable enough to go into the season with four backs? Who's the fourth back? Because Jonathan Ward, barring how he plays, I think he's going to be active on game day. You don't want, you know, Chase Evans probably is going to be off off special teams. I could be wrong, but that's another area where it wouldn't surprise me. And it's nobody coming in here to take jobs. It's just you want to have have depth at that position based on 
Chase staying healthy and, and James Conner staying healthy. So if I had to prioritize that we could see additions, whether it happens the first week of camp or during camp, and, and they'll figure it out when they see these players, and we'll have to wait and see how Eno Benjamin mixes in. But I would think tight end and running back more for depth than anything else. Yeah, you get to training camp, maybe you've already seen something to where, all right, we really need to address this position, but how about we wait until training camp? Maybe something happens over those five, six, seven weeks and someone steps up. And that running back position, who steps up, outside of maybe Jonathan Ward or maybe in addition to Jonathan Ward to become that fourth guy. And I know we talked a lot about Rondell Moore being in the mix and also Kyler Murray. So, you know, do you go lights at the running back position? Because, you know, unless they can play special teams, you're not going to have your fourth running back active or even maybe on the roster if they're not if they're just there for running back duties and don't have a role on special teams. I mean, if they uh, – to me, I'm – I would go into the season with two quarterbacks, try to put Strevel on the practice squad. Um, uh, you can go into the season with three running backs. You can put a couple on the practice squad. I'm just saying a couple years ago they had brought in Zach Zenner and Alfred Morris. You just – that position. And, 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 and if I was talking about David Johnson, look at the body of his body of work and his size, and he couldn't stay healthy. And he, his running style was different. So it's more for insurance. But they – I mean, depending on, you know, do they just six receivers? You know, is Isabella inactive all year? We're going to have to wait just based on how he performs in training camp and the preseason games. But you want to have some depth at that position. So I think they're good with the top three. It's a matter of who's that fourth guy. And let's talk about the elephant in the room is Eno Benjamin. The former ASU Sun Devil, certainly a fan favorite here in the state of Arizona and someone, MJ, that people were asking about constantly, maybe even weekly, because, yeah, you're drafted. It's a day three pick, so it's difficult for those day three picks to let alone make the roster but be active on game day. Not only did you know Benjamin make the roster, but he was inactive on game day. He, he was in street clothes for all 16 games last season, and it was because of his inability to play on special teams. People always ask, well, why is Jonathan Ward active and not Eno Benjamin? Well, Benjamin might be a better running back, but Jonathan Ward can be a running back and help on special teams. If you're not able to play special teams, you do me no good because I already have two running backs or three running backs ahead of you. So for Eno Benjamin, hopefully something clicked this offseason to where he can be on kick return, kick coverage, punt return, punt coverage. Otherwise, you know what? He might find himself inactive again, or worse, he might not find himself on this roster. The thing is, I, I always thought he was going to be a third-day pick, and that means you know rounds four through seven. You know, the thing is also, I want to be fair to this story. I mean, he had a freshman quarterback, freshman center, freshman left tackle. He did put the ball on the carpet. But what does he do special? I think he does – I think he can run between the tackles. He can catch the ball in the backfield. I don't know how he is in pass protection. So nothing really sticks out. But that doesn't mean he can't make the roster. You Just based on social media, I, I think the worst thing that happened for him last year, he didn't get a chance to play in the preseason. And amongst those rookies that lost significant reps, practice time, that all of a sudden now you're thrown into the mix and you're way behind everyone else. Well, I mean, granted, I mean, who knows? Kenyon Drake and, and Chase would have got some reps, but at that point, you know, you look at Jonathan Ward and you look at Eno Benjamin, and I don't care if he was going against second and third string, he could have showed some upside. When they had their red and white practice, I mean, he made some plays in, in that 
it's not a scrimmage, it's a practice. I, they all missed it, but he had a show up on film where maybe when the bright lights come on, he plays better. Maybe, you know, he knows where he's on the depth chart, but, you know, I just say, you got. I don't know how you learn to play on special teams. I guess you got to know what your coverage is, and because they, I thought going in, if you know, if Chase wasn't the starter, Chase was going to be the kickoff return guy. But I thought Eno can get on the field like that. But you just can't dress a guy that's going to do that only. So he's got his work cut out. But I hope he finds his niche because I don't, like I said, I don't see one thing that sticks out. But I know. He's putting the work in, and now it's a matter of you know just playing on teams and covering kicks, and that's something he's going to have to do to stick stick around the league. And I failed to mention that the one thing he did do at ASU, special teams wise, is he did return kickoffs. And I don't know if that was something that the Cardinals experimented with, looked at, didn't quite look like it was going to work. Or to your point, you've got Chase Edmonds, you got Christian Kirk, and we prefer those over a Edo Benjamin. Maybe that's. Maybe Benjamin's role this season. Maybe he does get an opportunity to return kicks. I do think Rondell Moore is pretty, pretty, pretty confident that he's going to be your punt returner. But now, who returns kicks? But that would have to be a way for you know Benjamin to, to to raise his hand and say, "Look at me. I can help on Sundays. In addition to just to being a running back, I can be a part of special teams." Because again, I'm sounding. You know, I keep repeating myself, but if you're one, if you're on the back half of that roster, you're the third and fourth running back you're the sixth or seventh wide receiver you're the third tight end you're you're the ninth tenth offensive lineman you you, you you're not going to be in uniform on Sunday that it's, it's just impossible teams can't operate that way I'll say this I mean just if, if I look at Jonathan Ward I look you know Benjamin I think Ward has more upside I, I like his skill set uh, but again I you, we get to that third preseason game against the Saints right Eno Benjamin left, Eno Benjamin right. He's going to get every opportunity to show what he's worth. And you're also being scouted by 31 other clubs because now that you know the preseason they get the all-22 film, uh, again, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he's going to have to show something in training camp and in the preseason, and he's going to get plenty of opportunities. I don't think we're going to see a lot of uh, Chase Edmonds and, and uh, James Conner. They have to find out what they have at the back end of the roster. So, um, I think he'll be up for the task, and we'll just judge him what he does on the field. To that point, James Saxon on the Big Red Rage about Eno Benjamin. Quote, he's got great ability. It's going to be time for him. He's just going to have to take advantage of whatever opportunity he gets. Maybe it's one play here. Maybe it's ten. He's going to have to be prepared to be available, number one and number two, to be able to execute properly the thing we're asking him to do. End quote. So they are working with Eno Benjamin. He's not like he's being ignored, but I do understand some of the fan angst that follow Arizona State. It's the local college town or the local college team, and you've got the pro team just literally down the road that you want to see those guys be successful. Uh, you know, guys that grew up here, whether it was high school or college, and now all of a sudden being on the Arizona Cardinals. Now, we saw that with D.J. Foster. He is not on the Arizona Cardinals, but that is a name that perhaps could be someone that is brought back if, to your point, they don't like what they see out of you know four, five, and six as far as the depth chart is concerned at running back. And what's the first thing you think of with Foster? Special teams. And in a pinch, he has run the football and caught the football out of the backfield. But that's yes. the difference between him and Eno, Eno Benjamin. Based on on Saxon's comments, there, this is a complex offense. 
in, in, I don't care if he's out there with Colt McCoy or Chris Strebler, if you don't pick up the blitz, they don't have a lot of rubs for you. So it's a complex offense. And a lot of times you can just chip the guy, just just hold him off a second or two so he doesn't hit the quarterback. But that's, that's the little things that we don't talk about. Yeah, he can run the ball. He can run between the tackles. He can catch the ball. He can return. But when you're on the field, you don't want to be the weakest link. And I'm not saying he is. I'm saying there's a, there's a lot of assignments that go then just hand the ball off him and you run through the tackles. Last point here with respect to the running back position on the Cardinals side of things, and we touched on it at the start of this conversation here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. This team will run the football, and they run the football very, very well. You brought Sean Kugler, run game coordinator. That speaks volumes on what Kingsbury feels and what this organization feels about the rushing attack and you just look at the numbers this is a top 10 rushing offense it just has to be consistent more consistent it can't have the ebbs and flows and that was basically the entire team last year but finishing strong and to your point about getting leads we will see upwards of 25 30 35 carries for the team each week if this team in the second half can play with a lead whether that's seven points 10 points 13 points because then you can utilize what offensive linemen like to do and that's run block and then you've got Chase Edmonds James Conner and don't forget about Kyler Murray in the backfield with his legs as far as helping milk the clock well we know what the theme was going in the Aussie get physical and bring in leadership and that's Rodney Hudson, and that's Brian Winters possibly being a physical player. We'll see about Justin Murray and some of the other guys. Josh Jones, I'm intrigued to see where he lines up, who's a swing tackle. But there's going to be a premium on running the football. Yes, it's happened in the last couple of years. I think we're going to see more of it, and that should open up play action where Kyler Murray has the weapons that he needs at his disposal, whether it's in the running game. Uh, we'll see about the tight ends. But when it comes to the top four or five receivers, he feels really good about going into the season. When the quarterback's happy, I think the teammates will be happy. And if you want to see how much this team does run the football at home at State Farm Stadium season and single-game tickets available, azcardinals.com slash gameticks, azcardinals.com slash gametix. I brought up Maurice Jones-Drew and his ranking of running backs across the league. And I found this interesting to kind of put a bow on this subject of running backs. His top five, top five running backs in the National Football League, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb. All five of those. You know what they all have in common? They're on the Cardinals schedule. They are, if you include Kamara and the Saints in the preseason. But yes, in the regular season, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb. So, yes, <laughs> a major storyline. Fast forward foreshadowing here. When we talk with Vance Joseph ahead of those games, um, he always says it starts with stopping the run. Well, you've got five backs. I'll include Kamara in the preseason because, I, I may, you know, it is the third preseason game, so maybe we do see a lot of Alvin Kamara on the football field. Maybe not. But, yeah, it's how this team, how this defense handles top flight running backs in 2021 well if we connect the dots uh, this rush defense should be a lot better uh, they were getting you know, pushed back last year in addition to jj watt and then healthy jordan phillips and you look at some of the rotation guys and then hopefully these linebackers um, can 
you know, if, if the D-line's doing their job, they, they should be able to get tackle for losses. So I think that's going to be an improvement there. Hey, week one, Henry. Week two, Delvin Cook. It's not going to get easy. And that you have to stop the run. And then you got to put Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins in, you know, in third and long. But stopping the run is the most important thing. Running the football and stopping the run, you'll win a lot of games in the NFL like that. I know it's a passing league, but it's all predicated on the protection and winning in the trenches. Cardinals last season finished in the bottom third defensively as far as stopping the run yards per game, 125.5. Now they did allow the fourth fewest rushing touchdowns at 13. So some of these numbers can be misleading, you know, as long as you're not allowing a team like the 49ers in week 16 run all over you up and down the football field. That, that, and a word was embarrassing. That can't happen, especially late in the season. So yeah, stopping the run, you know, as long as it's not four and a half, five yards a carry, I'm okay with three and a half to four. It's just when you can run the football back to back plays and all of a sudden it's a first down. No, you, you got to make it more difficult than that. Yeah. My biggest concern, you know, the first couple of weeks is, is the fact that, you know, getting a healthy uh, Chandler Jones back and, you know, the addition of Watt and some of the other guys is that. You know, you want to make these teams one-dimensional. But one thing we're going to have to pay attention to is because of the uncertainty with the corners, they haven't played together, is giving up big plays. You cannot give up chunk plays. You've got to keep everything in front of you, and that's important for the safeties and the corners. And listen, Craig, if, if the Cardinals go with their base uh, defense, i got to think Byron Murphy is going to be out there with Malcolm Butler. That doesn't mean Robert Olford won't be involved in their um, their nickel package. But I mean, if you're, if teams going to line up with two tight ends and a, and a running back like Derrick Henry, you're only going to have two corners out there. But you know, we'll get into this as this, you know the season starts to unfold and everything else. But this defense has to eliminate big plays because game changing plays will kind of. All of a sudden, your confidence walking to the sidelines isn't the same when you're stopping the run. I think it's very important and I think it was good that the schedule opens the way it does with the Titans and Vikings considering the running backs that the Cardinals will face and you throw in Julio Jones with the Titans and that opens up a whole nother door for that defense to pay attention to but if you're looking for motivation in training camp to get to the regular season you just loop Dalvin Cook film you just loop Derrick Henry film in the locker room and and you just keep repeating it and repeating it it's not so they're not going to be surprised by it but and it's easier said than done I get that but those two in particular arguably the two best running backs across the league according to most people well you start looking at it I mean it's really about their offensive lines I mean that's that's what I mean I, I can say here today the Cleveland Browns have the best offensive line in football and they got a one-two punch Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb Nick Chubb's probably one of the most underrated players in football and then throw in their weapons they have on the outside and, and the emergence of Baker Mayfield. So there's a reason why uh, the Browns have the best rushing game in football is because they've committed to their offensive line and they got two backs. You talk about a one-two punch, it, more like Derrick Henry and Cook and Kamara, they really don't share carries, but they're so effective in the, in the passing game. Not so much Henry, but Kamara and Cook. But the reason why the Browns, are you know projected to possibly win that division and make a run in the postseason is because of their offensive line and they have two backs that can take it off to the house. As Bertram Berry always says, it starts and ends at the line of scrimmage in the trenches. Your offensive line and your defensive line, and who controls the line of scrimmage nine times out of ten, going to control the game and win the game on that particular Sunday. 
On that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. Good conversation on the running back position, not only for the Arizona Cardinals, but the entire league as well as far as what the Cardinals will face this season. We'll continue our position-by-position analysis leading in to training camp. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.